welcome to Strip Money Conversations. Welcome to a place where anybody can learn and talk about money. Whether you're established or just entering the working world, welcome to a place where our conversations are not based on your bank balance, but based on your unique needs and ambitions. My name is Lungile Mashiro and I am your host and go-to girl with all things money-related. This episode was brought to you by Getters Capital. Today, I am joined by the amazing Palesa Shabashaba. She is the CEO and founder of RPH Consulting, which is a professional services company offering accounting, taxation, and business advisory service for SMEs and individuals. Their aim is to meet clients where they are, provide them with bespoke services that cater to their unique needs and enable them to operate with efficiency and confidence as they journey towards their business goals. It sounds like a great South African story that's about to unfold. And I'm very excited to have Palisa with me today. Welcome to the show, Palisa. Hello. Hi, Lungi. Thank you so much. I feel honored uh, that you invited me to the show. And I just look forward to our conversation. Awesome. So when I was doing a bit of snooping, guess what I found (laughs) out? I found out that we went to the same high school. You went to Jemison High School? I did. (laughs) (laughs) No, that explains a lot. I feel like that high school just churns out, you know, great people. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, not that I'm bragging, but I do know a few other people that are from Jemison High School. So, ah, yay, uh, Jemisonian. (laughs) I didn't know that. Did not know that. So, Palissa and I met a couple of years ago i think um we work quite closely together but this mm-hmm. is the first time i see you in person so i'm very excited <laughs> can you believe it i can't believe it jeez <laughs> covid yeah completely um virtually so i'm very excited to have you on the show and to meet you in person so before we get into it let's just talk about you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you started your business um, sure. A bit about myself. I am the firstborn of two children from both my mom and dad. I have a younger sister. I think for the longest time I've always been the co-parent, to be honest. <laughs> I feel like I had to be very responsible from a very young age. Um, so for the first eight years of my life, I was in Northwest in a village called Babong, close to Sun City, but not really. Um, so grew up with um, my maternal grandmother for the first eight years. Then my dad and my mom got married. Initially, then I went to live in the free state with my paternal grandmother, mm-hmm. lived in a house with all our cousins. And funny enough, it's it's only when you reflect back, when you actually understand the realities of your life. I think yeah. at the time, obviously it was fun. We all living in this house. So many of us, all I ever ate really was pop and milk during the week. We'd oh, only wow. eat um, Sunday course, perhaps on Sundays, you know, mm-hmm. if my grandmother has made a plan. I went to law school, Jimiston Primary, um, later went to Germiston High School and then I went to um, this University. But I must say when I reflect back on my times, you know, like primary school, high school, it's so funny how, because I, I think I, we lived most of my life, especially um, primary school and high school, in flats. We moved around from one flat to another. Mm. And I, I almost felt like I was always charged for the fact that we live in a flat, yeah. you know, which was because people would be like, why don't your parents just move to a Lokshini? At least you can have a stand. And I'm like, I don't make those decisions. Exactly. I'm a child in my, you know, in mm. my home. Uh, and that's the best that my parents could really do for us. And it was also closer to school, which was almost a former Model C school where, you know, you speak English in the class and they teach you in English, etc. So grew up um, in high school, I realized, okay, obviously my parents cannot afford to take me to varsity. Luckily for me, I've always been a smart kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was that child who was always number one or number two in the top 10, um, which was like really great because I almost felt like if I just put enough effort, I'll just excel. That mm-hmm. was in high school. Little did I know when I get to wits, that will be completely different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, university is completely, completely different. different. Um, so then I realized, obviously, for me to get to varsity... I need to make a plan. My parents can't afford to pay for it. So the next best thing was getting a bursary. So I was very intentional from grade 11 to make Mm. sure that my marks were on point. 
um, so that when I do apply with my results, it increases the chances of me, one, getting accepted into the university and two, getting a company that's actually willing to sponsor me. So I was lucky enough in matric, I had the opportunity where I was granted a bursary. We were all excited only to find that Jan 2010, um, if you recall, was companies were still recovering from um, the recession yes. of 2008, 2009. Mm. So what was initially pr- promised to us is everybody has a bursary in like September 2009. By Jan, it became, sorry, we can't fund you anymore. Oh my gosh. But I just had so much faith, Lungi. You know, um, I think also my faith is probably one of the biggest things that drive any decision that I make in yeah. life. Um, and I remember praying a lot about it. My mom literally had to go ask for a loan at work to pay for registration. Because, you know, with varsity, you have to pay upfront, like yes. 20%. Yeah. And... That was the plan. Okay, we paid for 20%. I'm going to pay back this loan. We don't know what's going to happen. But I was just so hopeful. I mm. kept praying about it. And then I just got a call saying that, you know, F&B is offering bursaries. We went for a few interviews. And luckily for me, I was one of the guys that were given the... Um, it was sort of like a scholarship more than a bursary, to be honest, because it actually had no payback requirements. You didn't have nice. to work for them. You know, mm. it was literally be paying for your studies, do best. Mm. And even throughout the program, sure, there were so many things that they did for us. I think we had like winter school. We would go to F&B um, conference center in Santon. They taught us about leadership, about branding, teamwork, etc. And I actually felt like perhaps that bursary that I lost that on was actually not a bad thing because mm, a blessing in disguise. You know, I got something so much better. And I've always been one to make very informed decisions. So I'm, I was very intentional about, okay, by the time I get to third year, I need to be very clear in terms of which route I want to make. I mean, I want to embark on. And so I started applying for VAC works. So I did a lot of VAC work with the mm. audit firms. I attended a few of the winter and summer schools with NetBank, Investec, etc. So by the time I was in second, third year, I was like, okay, I want to go into banking. And then I knew that my marks are not really the greatest. I mean, I went from top student to Germiston High to first and second year, okay. But yeah. third year... <laughs> <laughs> or oh, third year made me question, you know, am I even smart? Mm. You know, at some point I even had to repeat financial accounting three, which in essence means you repeat the entire year. Um, but what I knew is I want to go into banking. The thing about banking is they only take like 10, 15 people. I knew for sure that my marks are not going to get me into it. But I thought, you know, they're always talking about, they were looking for self-starters, people that are different. Yes. So I was very intentional about the things that I got involved in, in varsity. Um, and I also thought it just showed that it's I'm more than my marks. You mm. know, I am a leader. I can um, run an organization. I can, you know, represent students, etc. So I did a bit of that. Applied for... Um, the grad program at Standard Bank was fortunate enough to get it. I think we were only 15 students selected um, to join the program, which was also another achievement. Um, I remember, you know, people looking at me like, how, they, how did you get that? <laughs> like, as me, I pray, I pray a lot. <laughs> so favor followed me, um, got to the bank. And one of the other things I wanted to join Standard Bank, to be honest, was... Africa is our home and we drive our growth. You know, I've always felt so strongly about our continent. Um, and just the, the narrative that, you know, we have so many resources in Africa, yet we are the poorest continent, yeah. which doesn't make sense. And we're always seen as, you know, this child that needs to be saved, mm-hmm. as if we can't save ourselves. Mm-hmm. So the minute I saw that's what Standard Bank stands for, I was like, definitely this is why I want to work with this organization. It aligned to things that I also believed in, that we need to grow Amazing. Africa as a continent. Um, but also going into Standard Bank, I understood that, I don't necessarily want to be a CEO of the bank. You know, I want to go into banking specifically because I want to understand how businesses are run. I understood that it's going to probably be a, you know, a period of time that I'm going to have to spend there. But at some point I knew I would have to venture out into doing something different. Um, and that something different became RPH Consulting, which is a company that I founded and, you know, established this year. People always ask me, how do you leave? You yes, know? what are you thinking? Like, how dare you 
post the pandemic even, mm. you know. Um, and I think for me, I think the thing that pushed me to this point, obviously it's something that I had been thinking about for a while. Um, and thinking about it was also from, if I look at African businesses, you know, a lot of us, a lot of the times when you, if you just research South African businesses, African businesses, all you're going to hear is within two years of um, operating, you know, they die out, yes. you know, they bankrupt, they this and that. And it's almost so discouraging to a lot of people because you're not, you know, when you look around, you're not look, you're not finding a lot of success for, you know, homegrown businesses that actually grow and expand. Mm. Rather, what you end up seeing is international companies coming into you know our african countries and branching out creating jobs and for me that narrative did not really sit well with me um and i'm a professional so i'm a chartered accountant by qualification um and i just thought you know what role can i play in changing that story you know if i'm looking at companies that are trying to establish themselves what are some of the things that they require that could mm. actually enable them to reach you know those dreams those goals that they have for themselves when you look at the unemployment rates i mean imagine if we had many successful african countries hiring people branching out that's employment for the youth. Absolutely. You know? So that's really why the driving force behind it, why I made the decision this year after thinking about it for a while to say this is actually what I want to focus on. I think a, a lot, a lot of it had to do with COVID. I think the pandemic forced me to really just think about my life. Mm. Um, first of all, the last two and a half years, uh, you know, it felt like a marathon. Yeah. Yeah. Never ending marathon. Non stop. Um, work. You know, I always think of when people say, Oh, the pandemic gave me so much time to just relax. I'm like, Way. I'm the same. <laughs> I'm like, People were baking banana bread <laughs> and doing all sorts of things, joining TikTok. I never had a moment to do that. I don't recall even a spare moment <laughs> to think about baking banana bread. I could not agree more. If anything, we were working, I mean, we worked together. Mm. We were working 14 hours a day. You know, there was just so many moving parts um, that really re required our attention. And I just thought to myself, you know, people are, are getting sick. Um, mm. My parents also had COVID at some point, but, you know, by the grace of God, they survived. But some people didn't make it. Mm. Um, and some people are very young. Yeah. And I just thought to myself, you know, if I reflect on my life now and if I and I, I know it sounds a bit, you know, dark, but, <laughs> you know, if I were to die today, am I happy with what I'm doing, where my career is headed? Um, you know, am I comfortable with that? Do I feel like I'm actually living out my purpose? Yeah. The things that I say I really care about are those things that I'm actually doing something about. Mm. Um, and I had to have those difficult conversations with myself because on the one hand, my career trajectory at the bank was great. You know, I was privileged to work under some of the greatest leadership. I have great mentors. Mm. Um, I did well in the time yeah. that I was there. And you could see that, you know, if you continue on this path, it's only going to end well for you but I thought to myself five years from now I'm probably going to be a senior executive in the bank but what about that dream that I always have about you know the impact I could be having mm. um, you know the businesses that we see are struggling and I feel like I can do something about it do I want to be comfortable with my paycheck every month knowing that there's some level of stability but in the middle of the night I'm thinking shucks you know, is this really it? Yeah, when am I going to do that thing? When am I going to do that thing? But let's say if somebody's listening and they're thinking, how do I even do that? How do I, I like, I understand the emotional, the feelings um, about, you know, you're not in the right place. And you have to be really in tune with yourself to come to that decision. But if somebody's like, you know, many people are quitting. We see that in South Africa. I think even internationally, there's this whole, um, the they call it the great... Um, resignation, where a lot of people are quitting post-pandemic because they've just seen so much, um, they want to derive more value in their lives. But how do I do that? How did you plan for that financially, number one? And do you think people should think more confidently or differently about quitting? Because, you know, quitting for us, like we are all 
most people are very attached to their jobs and what um, the perceived value they give for their organizations. So can you think differently about quitting? Mm. I definitely think, you know, we need to think differently about quitting for one. Um because most times we hold on to things, but what's the cost? You know, mm. at what cost? What's the opportunity cost? Um, I'm also privileged just to see, you, you know, <laughs> just to be in, in spaces where I engage with very senior people in corporate as well, you know, in different networks. Um, and some people are depressed, mm. you know. This person is driving the greatest car, the title is there, but... They're not in a good space. You can see that they are, I hate to say this, but dead inside. They're dead inside. Yeah. And for me, I'm like, hey, guys, me, I want my enjoyment. I don't want to be like that. <laughs> I don't want to be, you know, I, I, do, I do not want to be that person who on the outside, everything looks great, mm. um, but it's not. So I think, to be honest, the, the first thing you can do for yourself is have an honest conversation with yourself. Mm. Be clear in terms of what it is that you truly want. Mm. You know, what are, what are you passionate about or what is that one thing that makes you take that you feel like this is where I need to be involved this is what I want to do um, and then once you've determined that then you need to check with where you're at right now are you able to still push your job and still partake in that one thing that really makes you tick or do you feel like the two cannot um, coexist um, you know, I think for me, that was the other thing. For the longest time, I felt like I need to put more time into the business, more time. But I was not getting Never time. Happened. You know, yeah. I was not getting time. And all I'm seeing is five years from now, I'll still be singing the exact same song. Mm. Um, and then I think we also, which is the other thing about, you know, especially black people, there's this mentality that you're not supposed to be brave. Don't try to be different. Mm. Be comfortable. Be part of the group. You try something new. When's I need? Mm-hmm. Where are you going? You know, don't be that person. And un- unfortunately, I-, I find that in other cultures or, you know, other races, they encourage. You want something different? Definitely do something yeah. different, you know? And I think we start, we need to start changing how we think. Um, and don't be such a pessimist because people will be like, what if it doesn't work out? But what if it does? Yes. You know, what I knew for sure is five years from now, I'm going to be 35. Either I'm going to be a 35-year-old running a very successful business or I'm going to be a 35-year-old still in corporate doing well. But either way, I'm going to be 35. Yes. So which one do I want to go with? Yeah. And I think we just need to just try it. Don't be so so fearful. Be brave. Mm. Be bold. Be courageous. And I think if we have more people like that, I promise you the caliber of businesses we're going to see from our country, from our continent is going to be immense. And Mm. the more people actually take up that step, it encourages the next person to also do the same because they actually feel like this is possible. Yeah. Um, so I think to be honest, be honest with yourself about where you at, what you truly want for yourself. Um, and try not to make excuses. The thing about, Finding evidence to substantiate something that you always find evidence. So yes. if you need to make a decision and you feel like it's a bad decision, you're going to have a long list of, dis- of reasons why it's a bad decision. Yeah. However, you can have the exact same decision that needs to be made. But if you change your outlook and say it's going to work, mm. you're going to have a full list of why yes. it's going to work. So just change your thinking. Change your thinking. I'm not going to say this was an easy decision for me. Yeah. I mean, the day I had to, you know, the day I decided, okay, today I need to tell my boss, I had a panic attack that morning. I've never had a panic attack. I remember I'm breathing heavily. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, are you sure this is what you want to do? Mm. You know, you want to let go of those staff benefits, um, you know, and I looked at my savings and I'm like, you know, looking at my savings, they're probably going to last me like the next three months or so. Mm. Um, and I'm like, but I think also leaving corporate, I remember my plan was I'm going to take two, three months to work on this company, gain some traction, and then find a job, do part-time job, part-time, you know, business. Cause yes. So I think also that plan is the one that sort of made me realize, okay, this is doable. Yes. Because you know? I'm a bit risk-averse, so it sounds like, okay, I've mitigated the risk a mm. bit. But the minute I started, I was like, 
I'm not, I'm lying to myself. I'm, not work. I'm actually just no. gonna focus on RPH yeah. consulting. And I promise you, the minute I made the decision, I even told my boss about it. The liberation mm. I've felt since then, it's almost as if that panic attack didn't happen. And the beauty of, you know, pursuing something, and I think, you know, it's also, in the Alchemist, the book where it says, uh, you know, I might paraphrase a bit, but basically, when you decide that you want to do something, the whole universe conspires. conspires. Yeah, I promise you, that's been the case. You tell people what you up to. Oh, yeah, we actually need your services. Oh no, talk to this person; they can advise you with one, two, three. Before you know it, the company's registered. You actually have some clients, you know, inquiring. You servicing clients. You all of a sudden know who to contact for what. You know, I've gained new mentors. Because most of my mentors also were predominantly within the banking space, mm-hmm. you know, in that corporate space. But now I need a business mentor, a person who's um, an expert in tax, for example. Yeah. You know, so I, I think sometimes you just need to be brave enough because on the other side, like the grass is green, the sun is shining. And so what if it doesn't work out? You can always go back to corporate. Exactly. I mean. <laughs> and then you, at least then you can say, you know what? I try. I, I think it's worse to be thinking about, yes, I should have, I should have, other than, you know what? I did that. It mm, didn't work mm, out. Mm. Yeah. And you'll be fine if it doesn't work out. Okay. But let's talk about this. Your last formal paycheck. It must have been a moment. How did it feel when you got that and you knew this was the last one from Standard Bank? <laughs> Uh, you know, um, it was the, I remember, you know, when I was leaving, uh, one of our team, um, members was like to me, Oh, Palisa, we're going to see you soon. I was like, No, the only time I'll come back is if I'm a partner and mm. partnering on a project with yes, the bank. Girl. Okay. But I remember thinking, oh, First of all, when I left, um, my last official day was the 30th of March. So that, oh, the 30th, 31st of March. Yeah. And, the cycle is that that's when you get your bonus. How did you plan this? <laughs> <laughs> Look, like I said, my God is just always by my side. Favor, favor, favor. And surprisingly enough, I actually wanted to leave earlier. But thank God, you know, that I worked for the right people who are just like, Please relax. Yes. You know, um, I think also to a certain extent, they were still hoping that I'll say, okay, I've changed my mind, but mm. I'm glad, you know, they also made me realize, okay, at least wait, wait, you know, mm. wait for your bonus. So my paycheck now is smiling because <laughs> first of all, I was like, thank God my boss was not like, because this one is leaving. Yeah. I'm not gonna, you know, so I'm glad that, um, my paycheck was great, <laughs> <laughs> but I was also thinking I need to spend this money wisely. Yes. Uh, I need to spend this money wisely um, which I think to a certain extent I, I'm generally good at managing money mm. maybe also because I'm a professional chartered mm. accountant um, but it felt but it also felt good to be like guys this is it mm. you know I've only ever worked for the bank you know I went straight from varsity worked for the bank had great opportunities in the bank so it was also like leaving a place that you know groomed you exactly Mm. felt like home it felt comfortable Um, it was a bit sad but it was also like I'm glad that it gave me what I actually wanted it to give mm. me. So more than anything, I was also like, thank you for, you know, the only reason that I'm confident that I can run my own uh, company is because of the exposure that I had in the bank. Yeah. You know, they, they honestly threw me into spaces where I literally had to swim, but at least there was somebody there guiding me and being like, okay, if she's drowning now, let me just grab her hand, yeah. you know? So I'll forever be grateful to the big blue and the people that I met, but I think it's also time when it's time to move on to something different. It's time. It's time. It feels like the conversation we're having is really about just redefining success. Mm. Um, because, you know, we leave university, we are just focused on being successful. We don't really know what success looks like, but we know that it's probably in corporate. But now I think that there's probably a disconnect between success and true fulfillment. And that's what you found. Mm. You've, you've decided, okay, cool. My, my success is my fulfillment. Mm. And I think we need to bridge that. How do you want people to define success in their own way? First of all, personalized success. Mm. Um, I think especially because we live in an era of social media and people constantly, you know, posting items that do not even belong to them and selling us a lifestyle that actually is not 
their lives you know mm. i think there's a lot of pressure for success to look a certain way yes and it doesn't have to be you know somebody can feel the greatest amount of joy and success living in a four bedroom house Kosoweto, with their children married raising their kids and they feel very successful mm. and that's success to them they're yes. very happy where somebody else could feel could be living in a big mansion has all the cars has everything but they're so miserable Mm. Is that really success? I think for me, success is one, I think for you to be able to define, or at least to realize whether you've acquired success or not is one to define it. And how you would define it for me personally, I think you need to write down the goals that you have for your life. Mm. And the goals that you have are not always monetary. I think that's part of it. You know, I think financial freedom is something that I aspire, you know, I'll forever advocate for, but that's a part of it. Mm. Your life is not just about finances. Absolutely. You know, it's also in your spiritual life. What does success look like to mm. you? In your social life with your friends, at home, you know, you're a daughter, you know, maybe you're a wife as well, you're a mother. What does that look like to you? And also learning to prioritize what matters in a particular season, yes. you know, somebody's success from a pe- from a family perspective might be, I want to make sure that I'm always fetching my kids from school. Then I'll feel like, you know what, I've made it. But if you're not in that season right now, you're in the season of working hard to impress your boss, to get that raise, you won't have the time to be fetching your kids. But it doesn't mean that you won't get to that point. It's a goal of yours that you need to attain, but work with where you're at right now mm. towards getting to that point. So I think for us, it's what are your objectives? Like, what are you trying to achieve? Like, when you're sitting down and you, for yourself personally, you want to sit down and be like, okay, in, in in 20 years time I want to look back and say I've done one, two, three, one, two, three, or I'm this kind of a person what is that mm. then introspect and be very honest with yourself and say the life that I'm living now is it leading me towards that great goal yes. and if it's not don't be afraid to make decisions that will alter that and mm. say okay no this doesn't work for me let's rather do that and that has to do with you know how you live your life it could be work it could be your friends the friends that you keep the company you keep if it's not aligning to you know 20 years from now Balisa, maybe you need to cut you know so i think don't be too um don't don't commit to other people's success when you haven't truly defined your own. Yes. And be okay with yours might not look like somebody else's because it's yours. It's not mm. meant to be like that person. You guys are on a completely different journey and be okay with it taking longer. Yes. Because, you know, sometimes you have these great, you know, goals and you already have a defined period in, t- in terms of when you're supposed to achieve it. I mean, I had a lot of our friends feeling depressed when they're turning 30. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm just yes. grateful that God has given me three decades. But somebody's like, no, I thought at this time I'm supposed to be, when are that supposed to yes. be? Now it's st- stealing the joy of today mm. uh, because now success based on who? Exactly. You know, yeah, that pe- maybe your other friend at 30, they're achieving this thing, but it's not your portion right yes. now. And just because you're not doing it now doesn't mean you can't still do it. Mm. And also, are you having a true reflection and honest conversations about are you doing what you, is required given the circumstances that are unique to you to get you to that point? Yeah. You know, and I think the one thing I also want to mention, Lungi, um, that just came to mind now, you know, when I was a grad, right? the grad program first year of grad um years everybody was getting a car yes everybody was driving for the three years i was a grad i never had a car i was the only grad who did not have a car it's not because i didn't want to have a car i didn't have a car because i couldn't afford it Mm. i'm paying for school fees for my sister i'm supporting my family financially i'm supporting myself financially and i still want a social life so am i now gonna bring on this liability Put myself in immense debt just for the sake of a driver car. Yes. No, Abantubazotini. Abantubazotini. Why am I the only one? Why Why am I the, exactly. You know, she's been working for so long. EP moto, you know, koloi mm-hmm. ekai. And I'm just like, but that's not my portion. I'm going to live in Bramford Teen. If I'm working in Simmons, I'm going to take the shuttle. If I'm working in Rosebank, I'm going to take the how train. It's 800 rands a month. It makes sense for me. Yes. So you need to be very clear and don't be afraid to stand for what you believe in. And if it makes you different, embrace 
being different because you're on a completely different path. Mm, absolutely. So if there's a word that annoys me lately <laughs> is hassle. Because you know when the word hassle came into mind like a couple of years ago, it was it meant like, you know, work, you know, but now it's social media, I feel like it's a little bit overused and it mm. it feels like, you know, what social media branded as hustle is just you know, conflated with like this 24-7 go, 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 go thinking and take no prisoners. In the beginning, it was an exciting word. But now that, that you know, we're looking at it now, it just feels like it's out of control. What do you think of hustle culture? Like, um, you know, we've talked about, you know, people being in corporate and how you elevate and change and decide on how your personal success should be. But a lot of people are thinking about, okay, if I can't afford a car now, maybe let me hustle. And maybe when you were, when we, when people describe your business now, they say, I know, Palisa is doing a bit of a hustle. She'll come back to corporate. Mm. What is your feeling around that word? Uh, you know, funny enough, you know, when I hear hustle, I just think it sounds like such a gangster word. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we're trying to make ends meet. Um, for me, or at least how I would like to define hustle is putting in the work to realize your dreams, whatever mm. that dream might be. You know, that for me, that what hustling means, you're actually putting in the work. And when you get a no, you reject that no and you go knock somewhere else to get a yes. Yeah. So for me, that's, I feel like that's why, that's what we should define as hustling. Uh, that's why a person really can be like, I'm hustling just to get money. I'm hustling. Cause you're trying to achieve something and mm. you're trying to find ways to actually realize that particular goal. Uh, in terms of, uh, you know, side hustles, people will be like, you know, there's a side hustle, but it's a side hustle for 10 years. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think we need to change our thinking mm. you know and i think sometimes it's just maybe we need to dream bigger yeah you know we need to dream bigger i think if you say especially things like i have a side hustle if you have a side hustle your main objective would be to turn that side hustle into a fully fledged business that provides you with that actually sustains your lifestyle you know your it pays for your expenses it pays for whatever you're sorted so meaning every day you need to re make a decision about what can i do today that will help this business grow or move from this thing being for this particular stage to the next level so i think hustle sometimes we use it to almost comfort ourselves like yes it's not I'm so doing serious. something. yes i'm mm. just doing something yeah you're doing something but what are you trying to achieve you know what's the end goal do you just want to be hustling for the next 50 years or we hustle now and then we build empires and then we sit back and relax because mm. they run themselves yeah i think that that brings me to something i wanted to chat to you about anyway today to say like scalability right mm. i mean you're in the business advisory space and like we know that growing and scaling a business takes money so maybe somebody's doing their side hustle but they can't really envision how this turns into a fully fledged business mm. and normally just scaling your business it often means that you spend more time on the business so you can't fulfill your corporate or whatever your main job mm -hmm. which is a time limited resource so you have to at some point look at raising money or raising your prices or doing something that is really going to financially trigger your business into growing if somebody's thinking okay cool Balisa's talking and she's like she's hurting my feelings right now about my side hustle how do they then scale their business mm -hmm. I think if you're looking to scale a business, I think, first of all, you need to understand how your business is performing currently. Mm. I think a lot of, which is also, you know, why we want to assist entrepreneurs. A lot of the entrepreneurs have a great idea, great vision in terms of where this idea needs to go. But you're not clear in the in-betweens mm -mm. of what that means. You're making sales, but you're not clear what your costs are. You're not really sure, actually, if this thing is even profitable. But you're just happy that uh, this is the sale. It's this selling. is the price. It's selling. People love it. But if you actually did a cost, an um, um, a cost analysis, you realize that you're hardly even breaking even. Mm. So if you don't know that, you'll never reach scalability because you don't even know what it would require from you to move from one level to another. Mm. So I would advise, one, financials and understanding your business is not just dedicated to professionals like ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can hire me. But I always tell my clients, 
don't just let me sit here and speak my accounting and, you know, jargon and you're just nodding. Mm. Because when you step out of the room and you happen to, you know, come into contact with somebody who could potentially um, hire you and you have a two-minute pitch in that elevator and they're asking you key questions, you can't say, I'll get back to you. I'll ask my accountant. You need yes. to be close to your numbers and what's actually... And it, people will always be like, accountants are all about numbers. Because the numbers tell a story. Mm-hmm. When you apply for funding, they'll ask how's the business going? Where do you, what are the projections, you know, for the next coming years? So first of all, I would say understand what's happening in your business currently. When you're talking about scale, you generally say a company is performing well right now. If it grows in size, it will still continue to be profitable. It might even be more, more profitable because now you're taking advantage of um, lower prices because now we're producing at a much bigger um, capacity, scale. you know, at much bigger scale. So for me is, first of all, how are you performing now? Do you know if you're selling a packet of, of sweets and you're selling five packets a day, um, which turns into however it is a week, you need to be clear in terms of, okay, if I've sold 50 perhaps in a week, what's, what, what has that cost me? Mm. If and then once you've decided how much how how what the actual cost is, then determine what's the profit that I'm making. If there's no profit, then you need to increase your price. Yes. Then also the other thing about scaling, and you know, when we think about funding, I want entrepreneurs to think about funding differently. Mm. A lot of the people will be like, I want to grow and expand, but I don't have funding. But you'll find even with what you have right now you're not hitting the numbers you could potentially be hitting. Um, so I want people to think of funding differently. Um, some people, I think also the thing about funding is you can get debt funding or you can get equity funding. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, my facial expression, but I got you. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people, especially who, you know, started a company from scratch they don't want to part with shares in their company yes because bringing in another person now the decisions need to run through that person you know and i always say for me if you're running and this is a generalization you know it doesn't apply to all businesses but if you can run a successful business however small this year and hit your profits whatever your target might be and don't now be quick to declare those profits to yourself as a dividend. Reinvest those profits into your company. Mm. Do that for two years. You'll have enough money to fund your next expansion project. You won't need to be running to somebody for funding because the, fa- the business itself is funding its projects. Mm. So, and that scale, scale is how do we move from, I'm just operating in a, you know, a two room house as part of shop. How do I move from the two rooms, puzzle shop, to a big branch, close to complexing, you yeah. know, close to the mall? For me to do that, I will require money. But also, I need to make sure that I've dominated the market around me. Mm. If I'm selling sweets, everybody needs to be coming to me for sweets. Because if yeah. everybody comes to me for sweets, it means I'm making more money. Yeah. If I'm making more money, I have more money to save. Mm. That money will help me actually pay for the rent or the mall later. Yes. So I think you need to be very clear in terms of how your business is performing now. Are you efficient? The result, you've, some people hire people, you're paying them a lot of money, but for what? Yeah. You know, when you do a cost analysis, your uh, employees are like taking up 60% of your revenue. So, I mean, it's insane. <laughs> so I think definitely think about that before you can even think of scaling. Think of, is this business currently operating at a level it's supposed to be operating at? Because mm. once you've exhausted the market, everybody's buying from you around you. Then you can think scale. I've dominated. Do yeah. Move? Now I need to branch out. That's scalability. Yeah. But you can't be, you have your, your next door neighbor is not even buying your products, but you want to scale. Yeah. You know, mm. your scaling is getting your neighbor to buy your goods. That's what you're scaling. <laughs> That's what, what, scaling that's what you should be. Like. Exactly. So don't just be taken by the words and also be like very clear in terms of where am I at? 
what my what's my business looking like? Am I making margins? Am I run? You know, is there where I can save money? Mm. If I save money, am I going to buy myself a Merc? Because now everybody must see that I'm a business person. Or I'm just gonna take that money, reinvest it mm. later when I want to open a new branch. I fund it myself. I don't yes. have to pay anybody a loan back. I don't need to have somebody having an equity stake in my business telling me how I'm supposed to run it. I can still maintain control, make the decision, and see it grow. Mm. So think about it differently, and don't be quick to be like funding 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 yes funding comes with terms and conditions always yeah i like that i think uh, for me my takeaway is that scaling a business is about discipline mm. i think people always not always but sometimes we just want the easy way out yes and funding is always easy mm. i suppose the process is not so easy but you know it is easier than you know saving and making sure that you remain disciplined for a couple of years before you really do scale your business mm. Or making sure that you understand your environment mm. in, a, in a in a good way, so that you you understand what you're scaling to, mm. or you know what what it is that you're going to to achieve. So, Palis, I'm really enjoying these nuggets of information. But somebody might be listening and thinking, okay, but Lungi said she runs an advisory <laughs> business. What is that? Because I have never heard about it. Can you just maybe explain what you know mm-hmm. what your business does and what an advisory business? Does. does yeah i think with us so it's um rph um consulting so the reason i called it a consulting company more than a, an accounting firm is because i don't want us to specialize just in accounting okay you know the the whole idea of rph is to grow and scale companies and that for us is how do we support you to actually achieve your goals Mm-mm-mm. providing accounting services for you is part of it um, and accounting is generally your reporting <clears throat> excuse me it's your reporting, management reports, um, you know, financial reviews. Everybody knows whether you're applying for funding, trying to get into a partnership, your numbers are always required. But also besides that, you need to understand the performance of your company. It's not good enough that you see that you're making profit. You need somebody to say, okay, I see you're making profit, but here's the risk. If you continue mm. like this in three months' time, you won't have a business. And yeah. that's what we want to provide for you. Then from a tax perspective and your, this one, Lungi, I think, you, you know, and it, I must say with us, we support, um, our clients are both individuals and uh, businesses. And the reason we also support individuals is I'm tired. I'm tired of hearing Mang Mang had bought a house, had two million, a car and this, Three years ago, four years ago, now the tax man is after them. They have a tax liability of 2.5 million. Mm. You know, I think a lot of our people don't understand tax. And I don't blame them. You know, when you think of tax, you just think these chuggers. I never you get overwhelmed. Think about tax. <laughs> <laughs> and I love talking about money, but tax. Mm-hmm. And the thing about tax is, it's guaranteed. You know, a wise man always said two things are guaranteed taxes and death. Yeah. So, whether you think you're getting away from it now, the taxman will always get their money. Mm. And and people often think, um, no, I only have to pay tax if I'm like an employee and have an RP five. But the thing is, anytime you have an income coming into your bank account or somebody giving you cash, that income attracts tax implications. It might be that there are provisions that give you a deduction or an exclusion depending on the nature of the income, but by default, you're supposed to pay tax on that amount. So I think it's also just us trying to get people to understand cash. You can't get away from it. Mm. You know, you, and it, it's both businesses and individuals because you'll find that a lot of people, they, they're not even filing their annual tax returns. Yeah. People's companies are being closed by the CIPC because you haven't been filing your annual returns. Mm. Imagine you're, you've reached scale or you're at the tipping point of growing your business and they're like, oh, sorry. You haven't done one, two, three. When they calculate the liabilities, insane. Yes. You know, we want you to avoid things like that. We that's where we step in and say, obviously, you don't necessarily know how it works. We know how it works. Mm. We want to provide you with those services to make sure that you're compliant in all fronts. And then, from a business advisory perspective, what we focus on specifically is strategy enablement, mm-hmm. which speaks to when I say a lot of entrepreneurs have the vision. But they, they don't understand what's required to get there. Yeah. So we come in and say, what are you trying to achieve? 
then what are the resources that you have currently? Are you using those, are you utilizing those resources efficiently? You know, are there certain things you should be thinking of differently? How are you going to get there? What do we need to measure? Is that a project that we need to embark on? And just help you see your dif- your business differently and help you actually see what will it actually take for you to realize that goal that you have. The, 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 the 10 steps from now versus where you're at now, we help you with the steps in between. Um, so that's what we do really. We provide professional accounting services, taxation as well as business advisory. And the whole aim is, guys, let's understand our finances um, and let's just understand what it means to run a business in SA. Because mm. um, a lot of the times, you know, everything is just buried in jargon and long documents. We want to say, and we also say it's tailor-made, it's, you know, bespoke because every business is different yeah. in different stages as well. So we meet you where you're at. Some people just started out now. Mm. You know, it could just be, how do I even structure my company? Yeah. Um, you know, do I want to open a trust? Am I, should I do a partnership? You know, is this a private company? And then we ask, what are you hoping to achieve? These are the tax implications. Mm-hmm. This is what will be required if you go this route. Um, things like share certificates. People will say they go into a company and they're like, no, we equal, we equal partners, but they don't have it on paper. Two years, three years from now, somebody passes on family members like my husband who own 50% of this company. It's nowhere to be seen. Mm. Now you can't have claim to any of what's happening in that business. So things like that, like getting the basics right, yeah. you know, maintaining a share register. If you're going and applying for funding, Let's help you prep a pitch deck. Yes. You know, what are the key things that you, we think you should be putting in there? Let's do your research. Let's assist you. It's almost like, how do we give you the tools to really create an environment that makes you flourish? That's what yes. we're trying to do. Amazing. Like, how do we help you really achieve those goals? Because at the end of the day, you know, the, my vision for RPH, a few years from now, I want to look around Lungi and I want to be like, there's that business. It started off here. Now it has branches all over the country. In fact, it even expanded into SEDEC. It has operations in Nigeria. That's mm. what I want. I want yeah. us, I want that African pride of this thing started here. Mm. You know, we don't need, and I'll go back to, we don't need saving. I, I'm really, I don't like the narrative of we're victims and yes. come help Africa. Help us in tools that actually equip us to stand for ourselves and mm. create things, building legacies. Mm. You know, I think one of the, the perks as well of working at the bank, because I was also um, working high net worth clients, was also just the inspiration I got from somebody who took a small idea, started a business, and now it's flourishing. You know, it's generational wealth. I want Africans to speak about generational wealth. I want black people to speak about generational wealth. It's not reserved for specific people. It's for us. It's time for us to partake in that. And if I can do something about, you know, how do we actually help you to get to that point? I want to be part of that story. That's why I couldn't continue with my journey of, you know, becoming an exec and driving the nice car. Because at the end of the day, I'm thinking, how do I help my people? And yes. I wanted the direct impact because it bothers me. That's mm. the other thing. If you're trying to figure out what you should be doing, think of the things that truly bother you. Oh, man. If it really bothers you, chances are you the one that's supposed to be bringing a solution to that particular I feel like thing. I should be bringing Tibo touches. <laughs> <laughs> To just that part of the sentence. <laughs> yeah, so guys, I, I can't wait. I'm excited. Obviously, like any business, it comes with its own challenges. Mm. But like I said, you know, when you're really adamant on doing something, the universe conspires. Um, mm. God's grace has just been sufficient for us. Like I said, I pray a lot. Um, so most decisions really I consult with my Lord and Savior before anybody else. But like even the people that I meet, you know, people are trusting me with their dreams. And mm. I'm like, I want to make this thing work. Like, how do we help you work? You know, and some, some people, it might be that over time, maybe RPH cannot help them anymore. They need, you know, maybe a, a bigger company to assist them. And that's fine because that's growth. Yes. That shows from where we found you to where we at. You're growing, and that's what we want. Because when you grow, the entire South Africa benefits, mm. the African continent benefits. And then we'll just be sitting here like, yeah, that's our country, and that's what we're all about. Oh, amazing. You are so cool. <laughs> um, just one last question. So the show is called Strip Money Conversations. And mm. I, what is that one word that people often just confuse or something that, something that people just don't understand? 
um, that you, you would like to strip down in its most basic sense so that somebody can understand it? Yeah, I think for me, it's budgeting, you know, and mm. I know it's a word that everybody throws around. You see it in TV ads everywhere. But when I talk to people, they're not getting it. They're not even taking it seriously because nobody's really understanding what that means. Well, yeah. not nobody, but especially like older people or people that are not as educated, you know. Mm. And for me, budgeting is as simple as how much money do I get? What are the things that I need to pay for? And, you know, if you have electricity a month, that should be an expense in your budget. Yeah. If you have rent, like you can't get away from it. So you know exactly how much your salary is going to be. You know, there are basics that you need to pay for each and every month. Mm. Those two will be your income minus your expenses. What's left is what you have as further disposable income to do other things. Like it's that simple. And people will obviously say, save and invest then put your savings and investment as part of your expenses. Exactly. Then they stand that you know I have 100% of income. When I calculate all my monthly expenses, it's 80%, meaning I only have 20% to borrow friends, mm-hmm. to go out, you know. Then you clear. I think most people, what they do is, I have this much. Because mm-hmm. you know exactly, like every month, there are certain things that you need to pay for. Standard, yeah. So budgeting really is just saying, I know how much I'm getting. I know what I need to pay for. The difference is X. This is the money that I can do. I mean, can use for other things. That's all it means. You don't need to sit down and do heavy calculations. You have your statement. You have your expenses. Anybody can do it. You don't mm. even need a financial advisor to yeah. help you. No, absolutely. I think this was such a, an amazing conversation. Thank you for joining me today. But if somebody wants to get in touch with you because you've inspired them and they want to be <laughs> part of your story, how do they get in touch? I uh, don't have a website as yet. Uh, being an accountant myself, I always say you don't need to spend on something if you don't need it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not just spend for the sake of spending. Yeah. So we don't have a website as yet. However, you can find us on LinkedIn as RPH Consulting PTYLTD. You can find me on LinkedIn as well as Balesa Shaba Shaba. You can reach out to us at info at rphconsulting.co.za or you could reach out to me personally and that's Balisa H at rphconsulting.co.za hit me slide into my DMs for work purposes <laughs> <laughs> I think the other thing definitely that be passionate about really has to do with many conversations as well mm. I, I love what you do with your podcast awesome. thank um, you because honestly when people think money they, it's like Yo, let's not talk about it, you mm. know, but let's talk about money because we all need it. We all use it. So that's actually what we need to talk about. So I just, we might also be venturing to other partnerships. Oh, what we're also doing as well is we're partnering up with legal practitioners. I think what we're also realizing is another professional service that's a need for businesses is legal advice. Mm-hmm. Um, those contracts that you enter into, labor laws that are high to you that you're not aware of, are we partnering up with legal practitioners so that they can also be of assistance to you. Like I said, what can we do to help you succeed? That's what we're focusing on. And financial advisors as well. That's also in the pipeline. Awesome. Thank you so much, Palissa, for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. This was lovely. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't. Thank you so much, Lungu. Thank you so much for your time. If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure that you hit the subscribe button and leave us a comment and tell us exactly what you thought. If you want to catch up with us, please find us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Strip Money Conversations and we'll be right there.